Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and ask them to share their best advice ever. From deal syndicators to wholesalers, flippers, property managers, pest inspectors, and everyone in between. It's the best ever advice and none of the fluff. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Arndt Nicklish. Hi, Arndt. How are you, Joe? Doing well. Thanks for joining us and you know, sharing your advice with the Best Ever listeners. And I'm really excited to have you on the show because you're doing something that I, I personally don't have experience doing, and um, it's not talked about as much. Uh, within the circles that at least I keep. So I, I'm I'm excited to have you on the show and talk about the suburban office focus that you have right now. Um, a little bit about Arndt and Arndt, and then you can get into your background in more detail. He uh, founded American Eagle Capital Partners about five months ago, where, as I mentioned, uh, right now he's focused on suburban office product uh, and previous to that, he was the director of acquisitions at Colony Realty Partners, where he closed on almost $1.2 billion in transactions for the company. So he's got about 15 years of solid, active experience playing in the big leagues. Uh, he majored in engineering at MIT and has an MBA from Harvard. So he's also studied with some of the smartest folks uh, out there. So, Arndt, with that being said, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now and why? Absolutely, and thanks uh, for having me on the show, first of all. Happy to be here. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm a civil engineer by training. I started my uh, my real estate career in project management uh, on uh, on big construction sites. At some point, I realized that the people who were making all the money on on those projects were the developers and the uh, investors in in the deals, uh, and not guys like me who were uh, who were making things work. Um, at that point, I decided to go back to business school. Um, coming out of business school, I worked as a developer for Boston Properties for a number of years, uh, and then uh, a few years later, joined Colony Capital in a new platform called Colony Realty Partners. Um, in that platform, uh, I was making uh, investments uh, in office, industrial, multifamily, and retail in a number of different markets across the country, um, covered with uh, with the exception of California, virtually every major market uh, at one point or another. And uh, that really gave me an opportunity to uh, to see a very broad spectrum of what's going on in the real estate markets, uh, you know, in different uh, in different cities, in different property types, and different points in the risk spectrum. Because I was fortunate enough to uh, to cover uh, a lot of that uh, and really see the entire spectrum um, at a at a great great depth. 
Um, earlier this year, I decided to take advantage of some of the opportunities that uh, I saw over the years um, that really not a whole lot of people are going after and taking advantage of. And that's really how the idea for Colony, for, for American Eagle Capital Partners was born, um, to do things that we're not doing in Colony in, uh, to the same degree. Um, so at American Eagle, we focus on institutional quality assets that are temporarily out of favor or temporarily overlooked by other institutional investors. And what that means in more concrete terms is we're spending a lot of time looking at suburban office opportunities because that right now is, is kind of a dirty word amongst many uh, institutional investors. So we're looking at, uh, at the New York suburbs, uh, we're looking at Atlanta, we're looking at Dallas, Houston, Florida, um, a lot of markets that are on, on some people's list, uh, but certainly not on everyone's list. Um, and uh, the sub-markets that we're targeting are decidedly suburban in nature, which means uh, a lot of investors dismiss a deal uh, before they even take the time to take a closer look simply based on that. To help, help the best-ever listeners understand exactly what you mean by suburban office, give, can you give an example of exactly the type of property that would be? Um, sure. An example would be a building, for example, uh, you know, in, in New Jersey that's uh, that's not on on the waterfront, so it's not right across the river from Manhattan. Um, it's probably not in a location uh, where you have a real public transit access. It's um, it's probably something that's uh, you know your, your typical. Um, or your stereotypical, I should say, uh, office building um, that's uh, you know in a in a good location off the highway, um, you know, with the surface parking lot um, or, or maybe a small structured parking garage, but that's really not a you know it's not a high rise in the middle of the city, um, and it's not uh, you know it's not a mixed use development with retail and apartments mixed in either, uh, but it's simply standalone office in a suburban area uh, with you know similar properties around it. And why is that a dirty word for investors? And how do you combat that when you have those conversations? Um, well, first of all, it actually helps our strategy that it is a dirty word because that means there's a lot less competition on the buy side, and that means a lot of investors who own this kind of properties right now. They're simply looking to sell. They're not looking to buy similar kind of properties. So, uh, you know, there's in a lot of ways um, an oversupply in, in the market on, on the seller side, which is very rare right now in uh, in, in this highly competitive investment market. Um, the way we combat it is is by uh, you know pointing out that in an area like New York, for example, the uh, the vast majority of uh, of residents. Uh, and, and jobs are not in, in Manhattan, but actually outside of that. So we think the demand for office space uh, is going to continue to be there. It might not be growing as quickly uh, as, as in, uh, in downtown locations, but uh, it's still there. It's not going to disappear. I think there's a huge cost advantage. 
and uh, you know, right now the focus is primarily on uh, you know on younger demographics. You know, the same kind of demographics that you see on the residential side that are or your typical renters. But those are demographics that are in the uh, under 30 or under 35 age brackets, and typically uh, uh, you know singles, uh, couples with no kids, or or very young families with uh, with the children. Quite often, not even being school age yet. Uh, once people, uh, you know, mature in their uh, in in their situation in life, they they still tend to move out to the suburbs. They just do a little bit later in life than they used to. But I think the uh, uh, the idea of a single family home with the yard and being in in what is considered a good school district still has has a lot of appeal to people. And uh, with that comes uh, you know comes the desire for a shorter commute that makes those locations uh, more favorable. In addition to that, you look at it from from the tenant's perspective on the cost side, and uh, you know rent typically is, is is a fraction of what it might be in a you know in in in, in a CBD high rise. Uh, so there are a lot of things that uh, that work well for these kind of properties on the uh, on on the fundamental side. And in addition, um, you know looking across the country, there's very little of this product. Being built, with the exception of very few pockets, um, and even in those pockets, it's mostly uh, demand-driven, built-to-suit activity uh, that that creates this kind of product going forward. With this type of property, do you look to purchase one that is low occupancy, and then your team is responsible for leasing it up, or do you look for something that's more stabilized? Um, we we actually do both. We uh, we work with um, uh, we outsource leasing and, and property management in either case because we like to uh, access the best team in the market for each building and we don't like to be tied down to uh, to what we can uh, build as our own in-house capabilities and, and burden our our investors with um, supporting this kind of overhead. But we're really able to capture the full spectrum of what you just mentioned. Um, we, uh, uh, we we like opportunities that are uh, that are value add that are maybe under leased, under managed that haven't really been upgraded in a long time um, that are not really meeting um, meeting current market requirements in the way the building looks and feels and also the way the uh, the prior owner is uh, is is offering uh, deals to prospective tenants. Uh, but at the same time, we also uh, we also see opportunities where all this work has been done already, and uh, the yield of of the buildings is attractive enough that uh, you can justify this uh, cash flow driven buy and hold strategy that you just described. So, with that being said, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best advice that I can give the best ever ever listeners is don't follow the herd. Form your own opinion, and the reason why I say that is because you know there, there are a lot of situations uh, like the one that we just talked about, where a lot of people tell you don't do this, do only that, and uh, they're just uh, they're just missing out on something. Um, so that's the kind of situation that we're looking for, and uh, that's quite frankly the underlying thesis of uh, of our business. Oh, absolutely, it is. If you were following the herd, then um, you wouldn't be fighting you know, an uphill perception battle with investors. But when – I mean it's clear based on you know what you said that there's 
it, you know, assuming that all of that is correct, which I'm sure it is, is that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. And the books that I read on real estate investing, and you know, the the people I meet, the ones who make it big are the ones who don't listen to the talking heads on TV, but rather they identify an opportunity in the marketplace and they get really, really good at it. And then they present it to others and um, bring bring on people and, and then everybody benefits. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. So are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I guess I am. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book, I'm going to give you three. The first one is The Real Estate Game by Bill Porvo, who uh, was a professor of real estate uh, at Harvard Business School, but also uh, runs a family uh, uh, real estate development business. The second one is A Man in Fall by Tom Wolfe, which is about Atlanta real estate. It's not a, a textbook of any kind, um, but it's, uh, you know, it really has, uh, has some great... Uh, uh, deal dynamics in it, and, and it's just a, a great read for for a real estate guy like myself. And the third one is Barbarians at the Gate, all-time uh, financial industry classic uh, that again has uh, you know has some of the best uh, uh, deal making uh, fiction and semi fiction in it that you can uh, that you can imagine. Why does it not surprise me that someone who graduated from MIT and Harvard listed three books and not just one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you saying I'm not good at counting or I'm not good at <laughs> because you asked for one <laughs> oh touche I like that <laughs> best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it uh, that experience were my 8 plus years at uh, at Colony Capital because uh, I was uh, I was thrown in shortly after I joined in situations where I was running my own deals um, at, at a fairly young age, and I was responsible for you know fifty or hundred million dollar transactions with no one looking over my shoulder. Best ever success habit you practice: stick to your strategy and don't get sidetracked or distracted. Um, I think uh, you know I think uh, there's plenty of reasons to uh, to deviate from the original script, but every time what I try to do is is to understand. If I'm doing something that's not part of the original plan, why do I want to do it, and does it make sense uh, in the way that it contributes to achieving your overall goal? What's the best ever deal you've done? Uh, that was probably Kirkland 405 Corporate Center in Seattle. Um, that was a deal that um, uh, I did with one colleague at, uh, at, at Colony. We bought a building in 2010, actually two buildings right next to each other, suburban office. Uh, not not entirely by coincidence, um, and we acquired the two buildings uh, at uh, at a low 70s uh, percentage occupancy. Uh, we sold them a year later uh, in the mid 90s, and we made a uh, a very nice profit in uh, in in a very short period of time. And it was a great experience, uh, you know, both from uh, deal making, buying it, selling it, and in the meantime getting it leased up and watching the market change even over this uh, short one-year period. Best ever quote? Best ever quote is Warren Buffett. Buy when everyone else is selling. Well, I think that ties into your best ever advice, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All comes full circle. 
Aren't what's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me is either email or phone. Um, email is anicklish at aecp.com. And let me spell this out. That's A-N-I-C-K-L-I-S-C-H at aecp.com. And the phone number is 212-858-0855. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. It was... A learning experience for me personally, and I hope the best ever listeners got a lot out of it. And I'm sure a lot of them did because what you're doing right now isn't being talked about, and it isn't sexy, uh, but it sounds like there's a heck of an opportunity. And I love that you have the contrarian mentality of not following the herd, and I wish you the best of luck. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.